0: A strict quarantine on all offensive military equipment under shipment to Cuba is being initiated. To regard any nuclear missile launched from Cuba against any nation in the western hemisphere as an attack by the Soviet Union on the United States requiring a full retaliatory response upon the Soviet Union. Our goal is not the victory of might, but the vindication of right. Not peace at the expense of freedom, but both peace and freedom here in this hemisphere, and we hope around the world God willing, that goal will be achieved.
1: What's usually taught about the Cuban Missile Crisis? The crisis unfolded between October 16th and 28th, 1962, triggered by the Soviet Union's deployment of missiles in Cuba, causing the United States to perceive it as a threat to its security. Following numerous close calls and escalating tensions, the crisis was ultimately resolved through the diplomatic efforts led by John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev. At least that's what we're told. Let's get into some context. The real story. During a conference in January 1989, Robert McNamara, who served as the Secretary of Defense in the Kennedy administration, disclosed a critical aspect of the crisis. He revealed one thing, which was a surprise at the time, but even more so with the people who were planning this entire ordeal. At the onset of the crisis, the United States had a significant nuclear arsenal of 5,000 warheads. At the time, the Soviets possessed only 300, a ratio of approximately 17 to 1 in favor of the United States. Furthermore, when considering strategic bomber planes, the things that would be actually carrying these explosives and then subsequently deploying them, the uh, ratio was nearly 10 to 1, demonstrating a clear advantage for the United States in terms of military capabilities. So, revealing that the claim that the United States would be threatened is, rests on thin, thin water if we can even Considered to be um, 5,000 to 300 nukes is an overwhelming advantage. Um, of course, this would be more or less corrected throughout the Cold War, but we're talking this, the 60s period. The strategic balance likewise favored the Americans in their ability to make a first nuclear strike on the USSR, particularly because the United States had placed nuclear missiles in Turkey and Italy. The Soviet leadership decided to put missiles in Cuba to counteract this deployment by the United States after the Americans had already placed missiles in Italy and Cuba. This was a reaction, not a primary move by the Soviets or by the Cubans, for that matter. The context before this is seven months prior to the thing that would become known as the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Board of American Chiefs of Staff posed, and I quote, "...to manufacture a provocation justifying United States military action against Cuba." Two days later, the Office of the Secretary of Defense submitted a list of measures that could serve as a pretext for justifying U.S. military intervention on the island. Of course, unsurprisingly, the Soviet and Cuban intelligence systems realized that the United States is planning something along these lines. The Soviet leadership, recognizing Cuba's vulnerability in direct military aggression from the United States, proposed an interesting solution, one that was uh, very enthusiastically accepted by the Cubans. They considered deploying several things. First, a contingent of Soviet troops on the island, Secondly, medium-range nuclear missiles on the island, which would be manned and controlled by said Soviet troops, and number three, several military experts in relation to nuclear deployment. The rationale behind this proposal was the belief that such a presence would deter American aggression against Cuba, as any attack against Cuba in this case would not be against Cuba alone, but also a direct confrontation with the Soviet Union as Soviet troops would be targeted. This strategy aimed to safeguard Cuba by shifting the dynamics of potential conflict, Furthermore, the Soviet leadership thought that, since they've accepted living with American nukes on their doorstep for so long, that the Americans would likewise reciprocate. We'd be remiss to not realize that that's not how the United States has ever operated, but we... I think we can admire the goodwill or uh, the hopeful thinking of the Soviets in this. Um, you've always been the aggressor, so maybe you won't mind being, you know, uh, this is not even being aggressed against in that, in, in any particular sense, but at least parity. But the Americans did not take a liking to this. A minor historical tidbit. Um, Cuban sources have mentioned this in several points they say that the Cuban government drew up a legal justification uh, that was valid by international law for the presence of Soviet Soviet troops and Soviet nuclear weapons on their territory and from the very beginning they want to make this a public statement as a uh, completely publicized the delivery of Soviet military personnel and nukes to Cuba this was something that the Soviets rejected outright. Although uh, the details as to why they rejected it uh, rejected them is somewhat unclear. We can hazard a guess: most likely because it would have been a diplomatic issue, which is w- what it ended up becoming. Regardless, the transfer of Soviet military personnel and weapons occurred throughout the summer of 1962, and by early October, we're nearing the, the the date. By early October, American spy planes, which regularly flew over Cuba—that is to say, regularly violated the sovereignty of the of the Republic of of, of the island. These pipelines had uh, flown over and taking photographs of construction materials for housing missile systems. The United States isn't stupid, and neither is the CIA. Kennedy was immediately informed, and then subsequently he formed a committee after consultations with the CIA and national intelligence. And the general conclusions that they reached was... A small minority believed that the rockets in Cuba did not alter the balance of forces and they didn't really need to do anything because of the things I mentioned before. The United States had overwhelming quantity of nuclear warheads, they had better delivery mechanisms and they were closer to Soviet soil than the Soviet Union was to the United States for first strike potential. This was a minority voice though. The majority voice, however, is the one that always reigns free and supreme in the United States, which is calling for surprise airstrikes on rocket bases and Cuban infrastructure.